Warning, Game State contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Sorry, didn't mean to frighten anyone. You're a bit late for that. This will be a game night to remember. You're the greatest starfighter ever. That was a game, Centauri. Game? You may have thought it was a game, but it was also a test. We don't need a board and we do not need pieces. Oh, it's a murder mystery party. Fun. Fireball, the son of a bitch. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Game State, Rayman Digital's exclusive tabletop gaming show. You're listening live. Hello! Also, did you know that you can take the show wherever you go? On the go with wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> also, you can access all of our shows on demand via iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Simply search Game State. Uh, also, if you want live show notifications, you can now text RMD69 to 50597. And you will receive an SMS text whenever a live Rainman digital show is about to start, along with a link with options to listen live from any mobile device. I am your co-host, Andrew. I'm Sam, and Caprica just left me. Caprica is the the dog of the, the studio. Doggo. She's a she's the recurring a, most important part of the show. She's the best uh, silent guest host. No, she's the host of the show. She is. We, you, and Charlie. She graciously are gives us her uh, her living quarters to use. <laughs> uh, you may notice that we have not introduced Charlie. We fired him. Hey we guys, did. it's me, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie has a deeper voice now. Hey, guys. I'm a Gen Con. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are uh, filling the void in our lives of Charlie being... Have you played Trekking the National Parks? <laughs> uh, that is Greg Dixon, everybody. Hey, from, thanks for having me. Uh, from Hooked on Geek, another local show here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's about time. How's my Charlie impression? <laughs> Spot on. For a second. Been practicing a little it for too loud. A little too loud. A little too loud? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, unless, unless you're saying... Hey, guys. What? Hey guys, what? <laughs> yep, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> That's on point. If you want to be Andrew, just laugh and be retarded. If you want to be, uh, just have no emotion and mutter. Yeah, right. it's about right. Yeah. So, Greg, what Man, do you do? Perfect. What do I do? I do a podcast. You mentioned Hooked on Geek. We've been going on for a while. My wife and I are the co hosts on that one. I heard you guys fading host, co host on a recent episode. We always sort of joke about that at the beginning of our. Well, yeah. she'll be like, this is Stephanie Dixon, and with me as always is great. I'm like, hey. <laughs> but yeah, we do an audio podcast. We put it out every Monday. Same kind of stuff here that you guys talk a about. kind of podcast? Video podcast? Well, yeah, there's plenty yes. of, yeah, there's plenty of podcasts where there's a it's stream. not a podcast anymore, though. Video cast? I kind video of agree cast. with you, but I've come to, to, to determine that I should say audio podcast, because people are like, is it on YouTube? And I'm like, well, I guess it could be. But it's an audio. So you're obviously far less hateful than I am. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we do both a video component and an audio component, but we still call them the podcast. Like, we stream every now and then on Twitch, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's a video cast. The funny thing, <laughs> the funny thing is, the, even the term podcast, it, like, it, you think of the iPod. You know, actually, no one listens to a podcast on an iPod anymore, I don't think. I actually had the opportunity to uh, enlighten, I guess, is the... Who did you enlighten? Some random person on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Who was like, thanks for enlightening me, white guy. Well, they had the same question. It was like, why do we call it an iPod or a podcast rather? I assume it's from the podcast, but I could be wrong. It's actually. I mean, from the iPod. It's actually not. So uh, Apple does not own podcast at all. 
They okay. never did. In fact, actually, I'm sure that infuriates them. Oh, you got you better believe it, right? But actually, technically, nobody owns the copyright for podcast. Um, way back when, in the early days, there were a few companies that were trying to trademark the term. Okay, um, they were struck down by the U.S. Patent Office with a, a few small exceptions. Um, and then, like in 2013, Adam Carolla uh, was on the front lines to keep the term podcast and all of that the format uh, alive in the public domain for people to use because it's been going around since. 2000, even the late 90s, uh, depending on how you classify podcast. Hmm. So where'd the, where'd the name come from then? Nobody knows. They think it was um, uh, an amalgamation of um, the iPod with broadcasting over the internet. Right, that's what I'm saying. Right, but it's right. not tied to podcast itself. In <laughs> fact, the podcast app didn't even appear on an iOS device until like six years ago. Are you taking notes, Sam? You got so this all down? I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to you know, just throw out a new theory because yes. I can. Yeah. So a group of whales is a pod, <laughs> and whales communicate by sound. So hey, I like this. Kind of, yeah. This, this is good. Sound, it's a pod of whales. Yeah. It's, it's science, yeah. kids. Yep. I like it. Yeah. So yes, we it's do an audio podcast every Monday, <laughs> <laughs> and we we do this. We talk about the same kind of topics you guys talk about. You know, top five lists. You know, hot new releases, con coverage, session reports, all that kind of stuff. You go to a, a, a significantly larger amount of conventions than we have an opportunity. To I've go gone to, to a, a some over the years. I feel like I'm scaling back as my kids get older. I'm doing more like family trips and stuff. All that, all that good time, all that good stuff, but. Yeah, I've been to some over the years. I've been able to hit them. Are you going to Gen Con this year? I am not going. Ah. No, I've only been once. What's your What's your favorite of the larger conventions? I don't go to a lot of the big, big conventions. I really like Dice Tower Con. I really mm. like BGG Con. I like those kind of size cons, two, 3,000 people, where it's, it's big enough that there's some exhibitor presence, but also small enough that it's, it's more focused on gameplay and interacting and having a you know. Gen Con rushing to booths. Full MSRP games. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I like that kind of middle-sized, you know, one to 3,000 kind of stuff. So far, the only gaming convention that I've been to is Arizona Game Fair. Really? Yeah. Um, oh, I lied. Maricopa Con. But it was just, it was so small and so long. I right. kind of just. You never done Gen Con, Origins, Mm-mm. BGG, any of those? I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, but, I mean, one day, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you guys recently on an episode started talking about the Spiel des Jahres winners. We did, we did. finally announced. Everyone was talking about that. You have to, right? I mean, it's got, it's the biggest news. It's the only award that anyone pays any attention to tabletop game. Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. So, Spiel des Jahres winners were finally announced. Just one, a cooperative party game designed by Ludovic Rudy and Bruno Sauter. Uh, published by Rospo's uh, Productions, has won the 2019 Spiel des Jahres. Uh, the Kenner Spiel was awarded to Wingspan, designed, uh, design- good gravy. I am starting this reading segment off very, very strong, aren't you I? You got this. We all believe in you. I got it. That makes at least one of us. Uh, designed by Elizabeth. I believe in you. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. You're welcome. Elizabeth Hargrave <laughs> and published in Germany by Führerland. Um, and then Valley of the Vikings, published by Haba, won uh, the Kinderspiel, but that was announced last month. So, uh, Wingspan did what everybody thought it was going to do. Yeah, no big surprises this year. So, I'm curious. Uh, you, you've played Wingspan. 
Yeah, I've played all of the Kenner and all of the regular SDJ nominees. I didn't play any of the Kinder ones, but I played all the rest. So it was a uh, so of the games that were nominated for for Kenner. Yeah, um, it was Wingspan. Yep, Llama. Yep, and then Werewords because that was released in uh, German this last year as well. Yeah, right, right, right. Do you, th- do you think that Wingspan is justified in winning the game of the year? No, that's the. That's the the Kenner. Kenner, win. yes, enthusiast. Yeah, so that was me. that was versus Detective and what? Carpe Diem. Did I get all that back? Yeah, so Just One and Llama and Werewords was the regular spiel. Okay, cool. Let's, yeah. Let me rephrase. No, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> you're good. I mean, the Kenner spiel is really the one that, like, gamers like us pay attention to anyway, right? I mean, that's the sort of, what do they call it, the connoisseur game of the year. So it's for deeper games or heavier games in theory whereas the kin- the the regular SDJ is more um you know uh family friendly i mean it's the german family game of the year really which makes sense like just one makes sense as a winner for that because that's so approachable sam uh what do you think of wingspan winning cuz personally <laughs> i've heard sam it's trash. Gush about Wingspan before <laughs> yeah. on yeah. this show. <laughs> yeah, I was trying not to open my mouth and be disappointed in Wingspan winning. I don't feel it's deep enough to qualify as an enthusiast game or really good enough to win. Um, it's the lightest of the three. It's the lightest of the three. It has the most unnecessary components. Most of the art doesn't actually matter. The theme's unimportant. Um, right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. But we want to hear what you really think. <laughs> Don't hold back, buddy. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's... I've definitely played worse games. I haven't... The problem is I can't say how I feel about it winning because I didn't play any of the games I was up against. Fair. So That's always I, the problem. I may have liked all of them way less, or I may have liked them more, but, I mean, I'm not... A, I'm not in charge of a, a German <laughs> game contest, so, yeah. Have you played just one, Sam? I, I think <laughs> I don't believe so. I had a chance to play this one. It's it, it's kind of like uh, categories. We play a lot of games with just like a random number in the title and I'm losing track of what they are. <laughs> it's like taboo yeah. meets categories. Yeah, but but it's cooperative. The thing I like about just one, besides the fact that it's just good, clean fun for the whole family, <laughs> is that <laughs> it's uh, it's a great way to introduce cooperative play to non gamers. Yeah, right because. Every non-gamer has played a word game before. You can be like, we're going to play a word game. And they're like, oh, I know what that means. I've played catchphrase or whatever, you know, so or categories or whatever. So you're like, okay, it's a word game. But in this one, we're working together. If we work together perfectly, we can get 13 points, you guys. You know, and you kind of sell it this way of like, and I, and I like that. I like that there's a game that you can use that's so approachable. You can literally teach it in like a minute. Wait, the max score is 13? Yeah, so there's 13 huh. words okay. that you can potentially get. If someone guesses their word wrong after the clues are revealed, they don't, only lose, they don't only lose that point, but they lose one off the top. So bad guesses are really penalized. You just pass, you can just lose one point. What's the country of origin? I don't know, actually. I know it's repos, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That is a good question. I'm it just is- stuck on the max score being 13. Wow, thirteen's an unlucky number, bro. <laughs> it's uh, my guess is they just played it to death at all different point amounts, and we're like, 
this is a good length. Yeah, probably. If it goes no, much longer than this, then yeah. people get bored. If it goes much shorter than this, then they go, I didn't get enough turns. Because it does go up to seven players. So I think they want most players or all players to get a couple. Um, but you could potentially have, I mean, if you lose a lot of points, you could potentially all have like one turn at 13. Is, is repos, are they based in Spain? I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. You got the laptop in front of you. I do. I could look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I could look it up, but I choose not to. I actually like just one because it's it's a rare instance of, of, of a cooperative game where the highs are felt by the group and the lows are felt by the group as well. I agree. Yep. And you guys talked about um, you guys talked about how it feels like the sort of game that should have been around already. Mm. Like you yes. play it and go, why is this a thing? But I think because it's cooperative. Mm-hmm. Like, people were not making cooperative word games until very, very recently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that this is kind of a logical next step, and I think it does it really well with, like, nice packaging and just really, like, approachable mechanics and look and feel, and it just makes sense that it's a that it was a nominee, and I think it's legit that it won. Because that's what they're looking for. Yeah, That sure. approachable, family-friendly kind of fun game that everyone can, I mean, can look, get behind. Yeah, like, you probably shouldn't play games that make your family hate each other yeah the fact that it's cooperative is good right although if you are the weak link right especially if you're maxing out player count Uh and everyone else has gotten their word and you're like we might get 13 points i've never gotten 13 points before and it's like all right greg your turn and i'm like "Ah, ah." (laughs) yeah and they they give me the clues and then they're all like it's super obvious greg come on i'm like "Ah, ah, ah, ah." colonoscopy like no it was rainbow bright what's wrong with you you know i mean they're both involved shit (laughs) so like it is the sort of game where like they're 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 can if you take it seriously like the pressure can build a little bit and then it comes around to your turn and you like let the whole group down i'm curious i know we we, this will be the last question and we'll just keep it quick uh between just one and the mind ah which do you think is a better award winner I did play the mind. Which did is, you? Hold on, wait, hold that thought. Yes. Sam, you played the mind. <laughs> He's yes. like, Sam has an opinion. You go when to did him. you quick, play the quick. mind? I don't remember, but I did play it. It's been around for think? a while. I'm sure it you has. had a chance to play. It was yeah. okay. It wasn't my type of game, but I could see those. I can see why it would be a nominee. Okay. Yeah. Greg. Which one do I like better of the yeah. two? Well, I think I think just one is more approachable. And I think just one because it has just like a larger player count also is nice and bring it to more groups and all that kind of thing. You can literally play it with gamers. You can play with old people. You can play with your grandma. You can play with your four-year-old or a old enough to write words. So maybe five or six-year-old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas like the mind, I don't think it's quite as approachable. It's also not as obvious when you're teaching someone the mind. If they get it, then they're like, wow, this is a trip. Kind of cool. Mm. But if they don't get it, then they're like, what the hell are we doing here? We played it at Coffee Rush. It came to oh, I had to... Find the box art. Remember where I played it. Was that, the, was that the same night that we played Jumanji that I made you guys suffer through Jumanji? Yeah. yeah. Christy you, was you there. You ruined the night. I did. Yeah. I. That's not true. I made it better. No. I Andrew, Andrew, why are you always the night ruiner? It's. It's a. I was talking to your thing. girlfriend. And she said that's her nickname for you, the, the night n- ruiner. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. No, uh, I like both games. I think both games are real approachable. Mm-hmm. They're both kind of games where you're like, I'm surprised this hasn't happened before. They're such obvious ideas, but they're implemented well. But you have to be in the mood for that kind of light, really simple little kind of game. Fair enough. Absolutely. Uh, Moving on to some more fun. Uh, uh, Amphil Technologies, Snakes and Latte's parent company, changes its stock symbol to F-U-N-N. Fun. (laughs) 
yeah. which is the first step in its corporate restructure. Why not, right? Branding. I mean, okay, so here's the thing with stock market and their symbols, right? If if a company changes their stock symbol to something else, they're going to be around for either a very long time or they're going to die in the water. They're scrambling. It's it's one of the two almost every time. And now stock market talk with Andrew Spindler. <laughs> Uh, Amphil Technologies, the parent company of Snakes and Lattes, have changed their stock ticker symbol to FUN. CEO Roger Mortimer uh, said this was the first step in a corporate restructuring that will see the company focus on board games and changes and change names to Snakes and Latte Inc. Uh, just uh, something that I wanted to bring up here in our little news segment here because we now have a Snakes and Latte in Tempe, Arizona, which is a fantastic place uh, if you're ever in the Tempe area. Definitely but, go check it out. I heard they're doing one in Tucson, too. Is it? Tucson? Because I thought, okay. Or so. Tucson adjacent? I don't know. I just heard, that's the rumor. I, I have no, I do not have the laptop in front of me. But that is what I heard. Because I had also heard that they're looking at Glendale. Glendale? Well. Uh, wow, that seems kind of close. Yeah. Like I, Interesting. So, since we're on that topic. Yeah. The, the Gaming Goat is opening up here tomorrow. Yes. I think it was supposed to open last weekend. It the was. Grand, grand opening's tomorrow. Let's, let's. Close out the snakes and latte topic because very actually, similar stores. Because I do want to talk about the gaming goat. Actually, I think this relates to you guys talking about in a recent episode, Stonemaier yes. Games policies mm-hmm. and all. So I could see why you'd want to like you know, for away. synergy's sake. I tried to transition, kind of link it all. <laughs> so, Gaming Goat is a chain uh, board game store. I think they're based out of Chicago or New York, it's or one of the two, somewhere east. Us, yeah, which is um, most of the country. And, <laughs> and so New Mexico. No, I'm just kidding. Correct. <laughs> Technically correct. Um, and they got recently in the board game news because they had gone after Jamie Stegmeier's Stonemeyer Games, uh, claiming that they do not care about local hobby stores, instead favoring Amazon for their fulfillment, uh, giving the FLGSs basically the shaft. Uh, and he, there was a, a two-day-long tirade with everybody chiming in. Yeah, all Reddit and everywhere. I knew and there was a reason I had instant hatred when I saw them posting. It was on Board Game Geek. It was on Re- uh, the Board Game Reddit. even spilled onto the front page oh, of, wow. of Reddit's all, even for a minute there. Uh, it was a big, huge deal where it was the CEO of this one company getting mad at this other CEO uh, because they didn't understand supply chain management and how hard it is to gauge interest for a game that's already in production. So basically, the long and short of it is uh, Wingspan. Uh, Jamie put an order for like 10000 Then pre-orders went out. Gaming Goat got mad because he couldn't get all that he wanted because supply was super short because he underestimated demand. Yeah. Um, which is the correct thing to do, by the way. Well, better than having 10,000 copies in your... you have to send to the shredder. Exactly right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, and I then... kill trees for nothing. Yeah, stock on the shelf is wasting money. Yep, absolutely. But do you think, and I think his claim, and I didn't follow it maybe as closely as sure. you did. We, we discussed this, right? We yes, did. Yeah, okay, that's, why that's, that's why I knew the name when it popped up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did do you think Jamie Stegmeier purposefully under-ordered to sort of inflate, you know, the, the buzz and the FOMO? I think that's the sort of claim that yeah. people are making, right? I think that Jamie... Or was he just being conservative because, you know, board games are hard to predict. I mean, I think that's the question is... You know, I think that Jamie ordered the correct amount. Uh, maybe he could have gone up to like fifteen thousand, but with a, a new property um, from a brand, literally brand new designer who's yeah. never done anything before, with a theme that's a little bit obtuse, 
um, that isn't a traditional board game theme. And, and, and it's even out of brand. And a game visually. That, and a game that Sam probably wouldn't like. So they knew <laughs> yeah. he's not going to give it the stamp copy. of approval. So all of your listeners are going to be like, Pfft. so kind of <laughs> hold on before you before you go for I, I wanted i wanted to just explain the ex, the reason why he got mad because the owner of gaming goat jeff put an order on amazon for a thousand copies and he got them added to his cart and then he just went off the rail sam go hi um uh, <laughs> <laughs> you to go way longer than that all right um so you asked if uh if he just was conservative or if he was trying to drum up like it's hard to get. Ooh, right, right. Because he knew there would be tons of buzz yeah. on social and, and media. And they're both valid options. And it could be a combination of column A, you know, probably. a little bit of column A. And but like, column I'm, B. I'm used to like good games not being in stock. I mean, like, look at Betrayal at House on the Hill. <laughs> like, how many print runs of that sold out like instantly? Look at every game. Yeah, I like mean, it's just hap- with like good games. It happens. Yeah. Well, and I think they're the game industry errors on the side of conservative. I think that, that... Because they don't want thousands of copies sitting in a warehouse somewhere. I think that a lot of the fans overestimate how wide the, the reach of the board gaming hobby has definitely got. Because 10,000 copies sounds like a lot. It's not. But it's not for Stonemeyer. It's not for Stonemeyer. So we know just right there that the audience is larger than 10,000 throughout, the, of course, the United States. But probably a million people actively... In gaming in the in the U.S. at least, or even I don't know. I don't, actually don't even know, know what I'm talking about. Just, How would you point, even so estimate? many genres of board game? Yeah, and even within the genre, like I love cooperative games. I probably hate a good half the ones I play. I think that the 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 game hobby, the, the gamers themselves, are more divided than they've ever been. Yeah. So and it's not like video games where it's like cool new video game I'll buy it cool. Play so it, yeah, sweet. there's the, the the pie slices of the types of gamers are getting thinner and thinner. In, in gaming and so the niche it's like niches within a niche right because the hobby gaming market is already a niche and then there's these niches within it that are like well i like thematic games well i like cooperative games well i like party games well i like you know european games but you know not this or that you know and so there's all of these sort of niches within niches and there used to be not that long ago everyone had played certain games mm-hmm. there were certain touch to oh you've played carcassonne you've played puerto rico you've played stuff but there's a lot of new people coming in the hobby that are detached from the sort of pedigree of modern board gaming. And they're just jumping in wherever and just finding stuff to interest them. And because there's thousands of games coming out every year, mm-hmm. we're just more and more, like, not on the same page as games. I want to use some I, hard... Go ahead. I was going to say, I think, like, the amount of, like, review sites we have yes. are furthering that. I mean, even just Board Game Geek by itself, like, you find a genre you like, and then you find good games in that genre and ignore everything else if you're a new player. Um, and then you have all these review sites that let you go. You don't have to buy the game. You don't have to hope somebody in your local area right. has it. You can review it. You're more informed as a buyer than you've ever been. So yeah. You can find the thing that you like, and you're not even accidentally buying a game and going, oh, this wasn't for me. Like, if you do your research, yeah. you're pr- it's a pretty safe bet. And you can find reviewers and content creators with that match your taste yep. and and just kind of stick to your little niche. With it. And you eventually echo chamber into one genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's oh. funny because I'll hear people on one podcast going, why is this game? No one even likes this game. Another podcast, it's all they talk about is yeah. that game. You know what I mean? So it's just, we're very divided as gamers. Not, and I'm not saying it's bad necessarily. We have a lot of choice. I want to use some hard numbers here. So Gen Con attendance for 2018 is 61,000 people. 
actually 61, 424 uh, plus um, okay. some numbers there. So an order of 10,000 is just over, what, 20% of the Gen Con attendees? That's assuming that 20% of this massive amount of people want this game. Well, what I don't recall is how many BGG users. I call, recall seeing those numbers in the past. It's a pretty big number. Uh, and Stonemire Games is very popular. So I think it's not crazy for someone to conjecture that ordering 10,000 was a little overly conservative. Allegedly, uh, in 2016, Board Game Geek passed 500,000 members. I think it's grown significantly. Now, oh, sure. arguably, and I know Andrew kind of touched on this in his review of the game, there's a lot of extraneous parts in that box. Mm. That definitely what that has to raise the cost. The dice tower, which, and stuff. the dice tower, the yeah. stupid plastic eggs, like, like all the of those. Eggs, the eggs are cool. All those gotta <laughs> ra- have to raise the the manufacturing cost. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like I know Stonemaier has money, but sure, if it's a new designer, new idea, a bunch of extra bits, you might not want to go all in. Well, so here's a question on that. Maybe the extra bits were part of the enticing aspect of the brand new designers like look at this product we made look at all this awesome cool well, i think stuff. we talked about how there's thousands of games coming out every year you have to stand out somehow you have to have the toy charlie's super fun at the toy factory like well and it was like not that long ago that like days of wonder like set the standard for like the quality components uh, and the production quality and now every company is that level right you just yeah. kind of have to be beautiful that's like why days like, of wonder is almost kind of falling behind it well Car- days of wonder is just sort of in the pack they're just normal yeah. You know, whereas they used to be like, oh, it's Days of Wonder, you know. So I think... Um, like now you have games advertising that, oh, our stuff was designed by What a Workshop. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. The, and, the, and then like, oh, this game comes with game trays, like that yeah. brand of trays. And you're like, there's... There, you, you're you just trying to set yourself apart in a very crowded market. Jamie Stagmire, though, doesn't really have to set himself apart. He's already done that. He's Stonemeyer Games. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I, look, I don't... Do whatever you want, by the way. I don't, I don't fault him at all. But I do think 10000 feels a little on the ground. I bet Charterstone sold way more than 10000 And that one got really mixed reviews. And, of course, he didn't know if Wingspan would get mixed reviews. But I bet he uh, he's savvy enough. I bet he could predict. Good hmm. points. Anyway. So, yeah. Um, gaming Goat. <laughs> yeah, Gaming Goat. So uh, <laughs> They're they showing was, up here. Yeah, you guys going to go check them out? No. Tell us how you really feel. I'll show sad. up in like six months so, when they're having a clearance sale. So their their marketing is they have a bunch of board games. They have like a library of try stuff. Um, they don't have food, do they? I no. Board, gaming so Goat is not food. a cafe. No. But, but they market but they, themselves they market as having stuff. great deals, right? Yeah, they they sell below MSRP. Yeah. Um. So looking at that as a consumer, that's great. Looking at that as a, hey, support my local scene. Yep. If I want a board game, I'm going to go to my random local game stores where, like, I play games, mm. like miniatures games and stuff. Um, and if I want to go and just rent a game, I'm going to go to Snakes and Lattes because they have food and alcohol. Yeah, okay. So I think they're fantastic oh. for people that are going to go to Barnes & Noble to buy their games. If you're so, going to Barnes & Noble, you're going to Walmart or Target, I'd say go to the game and go get them cheaper. But if you go to your local game stores to play games there, to use their space, um, you'd want to go buy the game there. Or if you want to just borrow a game and play it, go to a place with alcohol and food. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. But you're you're right in that they're kind of falling in between two 
well-established markets. And do they have a game library that you they can do. go and just play stuff there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they have lax rules about bringing food and stuff in. Maybe. I don't know. It's possible. Possibly. I I guess it's just for people who want a deal. You know, it's discount games. Okay, Sam, let me ask you this question before we go to break. Both Snakes and Gaming Goat are chains. Yes. Right. Of the chains, do you want your money going to New York or do you want it going to Canada? (laughs) And I understand that is. Are a we very, getting political? Here I understand that is a on? very loaded question. <laughs> so it's a very loaded question. But on the topic, and of- we come back to, and this is from my my miniature gamers history. Miniatures gamers in the valley mm-hmm. have been lusting after a store to have like food and alcohol. Like Washington has um, you know, like uh, what Mox Sporting House has alcohol. Yes. They have coffee. It's great. We don't have those. Snakes and lattes is the closest thing I have to that. But there's no spaces for miniatures. There's no spaces for miniatures. But, I mean, they have alcohol and food. Mm. They're going to get my money. Fair enough. And New York's practically in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. We will take a quick break. We will be right back. Hey, Rainman Digital listeners. What you should do? You should invest your spare change automatically. Join almost 4 million people saving and investing every day. Sign up in no time to save and invest more money. Acorns Core automatically invests your spare change and lets you invest as little as $5 anytime or on a recurring basis into a portfolio of ETFs. Your investments are then diversified across more than 7,000 stocks and bonds and automatically rebalance when the market fluctuates. Save for the future. Invest with Acorns. Uh, once the show is on demand, that's not what I'm supposed to say. Wait, yeah, it is. Once the show is on demand, <laughs> click the Acorn link within the description of this broadcast and start saving. The 2019 supernatural horror western flick, The Wind. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm here in the same saddle. With Clint Felton. Hello, Clint. It's just because it's scary. We talk, yeah. This one's yeah. a little scary, so it's not anything other than that. We just want to make sure we're okay. I just need someone to hold me for for a little while. Yeah, I guess I didn't just, even need the movie for that. Yeah. Oh, oh. I'm, just, I'm frightened. Oh, no, no that, that was gross. Yeah, that was gross. <laughs> oh, I pushed the limit. If I need some consoling, then that's okay. Darn. But if you're just, you know, trying to sit on the same saddle with me just because, Clint, then we ha- we're going to have... We're going to have some issues. It's been We're five years. You think it'd be okay? No, it's not. Okay? Only when I'm scared. Okay? I told you. Only when I'm scared. Boo. <laughs> listen up, cowboys and cowgirls. You can now listen to Weird West Radio every Sunday. Only on Rain Man Digital. The Rain Man Show. Slow motion, please. Let's see. What, do we, what is she actually doing with that chalk there? What yeah. chalk? <laughs> so, Callie, we are examining this important video footage. But why chalk? Of all, chalk. First off, you can tell how old <laughs> Tony is. <'cause>, but, <laughs> oh yeah, dude, they didn't... <laughs> Use chalk even when I was in school. Oh fuck! This is why this is why the education system is messed up. We are no longer using chalk. <laughs> it also it's in your world that hasn't moved on since fucking Leave It to Be. <laughs> Greetings and welcome 
I want to play a game. We are back. We had a nice little break. It was a nice little siesta. I got licked by a dog. It was the best kind of siesta. Dog, dog licking siesta. Dog bath. It's fine. So I've been sitting my in this break. My elbow very clean. You know, ears churning in my head uh. to our, our pre-break discussion. And you asked me about if I want my money to go to Canada <laughs> or New York. Right yes. after the discussion about the company making the Amazon orders, which lets you get stuff from all around the world. Like just today, yeah. I ordered stuff sure. from a British company selling through Amazon. Mm-hmm. What'd you get? Uh, stuff for Wildless Exodus. It's impossible to find the out of print stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, especially with how many people are buying like direct from like the distributors now, is why is the gaming goat trying to market themselves if they're they 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 like Amazon right like themselves. Sure. Why are they doing a physical storefront? Oh, <laughs> like so in the Amazon age, the physical storefront technically doesn't work, which is why the local gaming stores struggle so hard. Does the gaming go have a web store? I don't know. You have look. the laptop. I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking. Uh, no. And yes, listeners, I was trying to explain my circuitous logic to get back to that question. <laughs> The Gaming Goat does not have a web store. So you're just saying they're splitting themselves between three different markets. Yeah, because they're going at lower retail cost, uh-huh. which is the Amazon market. Mm-hmm. They're split between the bring a play a game here market, and they're also competing against the local games. Maybe they feel like they're doing the best of everything. Like, you can come here, you can play games, you can hang out, you can meet your friends, this can be your spot, and you can get stuff cheap. So maybe they, to be fair, maybe they feel if like I was going to go to Amazon and buy a game, and they had it, I'd probably buy it from them rather than wait for it to show up on Amazon. Unless it's available on Prime and I could get it like the same day. But Right. No, no, it's weird. It's a weird market they shove themselves into. But they're being su- they're successful they're in other doing states, good. right? Yeah, I mean they're obviously doing well. Yeah. It seems like whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. And I could see sometimes you go to a, a store and you play the game there and you're like, this is good, but I don't want to spend six morning. I know I can get it for thirty nine on Amazon. And if the store had it for thirty nine, you'd be like, Well, maybe I will walk out the, the door with this day then, you know? Yeah. But maybe that's what they're going for. They're going for the, the cheapskate gamer. So according to Gaming Goat's website, the Gaming Goat was established in 2010 with their first retail location in Elgin, Illinois. So I was wrong on every aspect. Well, Chicago, Illinois. East. Um, east. <laughs> Remember, though, everything is east. Correct. Uh, they so have California, and they don't exist. <laughs> even, even Oregon to Washington. Fun fact, east. <laughs> uh, 30 locations in five different retail formats in the following U.S. markets. Uh, Las Vegas, Denver, Austin, Houston, Chicago. Hey, got it. Minneapolis, Cincinnati. Um, and then they were moved wow. to corporate headquarters so to Vegas. They've grown to all of those locations in nine years. They're doing something right. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is a franchise. Like you can you can go to their website and start the, the franchisee process like right now. Interesting. Good to so know. it's less <laughs> they're doing something right and more their franchisees are doing things right. It could be. Which is but their Semantics, brand, their brand but, yeah. is, 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 is moving product. Their and, overall strategy works. Seems that way. Interesting. Curious. What I find is curious. Yeah. Is curious, some, curious Some stuff on Kickstarter right now. Yeah, lots well, of stuff. Spe- yeah, Kickstarter. Specifically. Yeah. A board game about smartphones Woo-hoo. called Smartphone Inc. Uh, that launched on Kickstarter, I think, three days ago at time of recording. Is that right? Four days ago? Yeah, it just came out. It might have been less than that. It's very new. 
um, with a $50,000 goal. Okay. It has raised $153,000 in four-ish days. Yeah, they knocked out that goal in a few hours, I think. Which is crazy because I had heard this game only once yeah. ever okay. from you. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, the problem was they released a very small, I don't know how many, but a very small amount at Essen. Mm. And it's really only those copies that people have been playing, and there's not a lot of them. I have seen the box art somewhere. Yeah, it's it's getting buzz, um, and and the people who play it, like myself, loved it. I happened to go to the Dice Tower Retreat, like a sort of mini con that focuses on just and uh, in uh, December of last year, and this was there. I mean, they they sort of advertised the retreat as having all hotness and stuff you can't find anywhere else, and so I tried it out, and I really fell in love with it. Now I happen to like economic games, um, and this is a very good one. And, but it was like people like me who then went to Twitter and Instagram and whatever and were like, hey, this game's awesome and post pictures of it. And then it continued to kind of make the rounds at conventions and things. And it seems like everyone who's playing it is, is at least liking it. And some people are really championing it. And enough so that they were like, hey, I think we can do this Kickstarter. And they've uh, teamed up with, I think, Arcane Wonders, is it? And, you know, they're going to release it. And it's, you know, clearly the buzz is working because it's a... Uh, it's not a free game. It's like 60, 65 bucks, and yet people are lining up. You know, backers are lining up to pick it up. How many backers do they have? Uh, as of recording, they have 200, or excuse me, 2,462 backers. That's a smash success that with a- all the stuff on Kickstarter competing for consumer dollars. So people are digging this game, and the buzz is out, and, and people love it. So you've played this quite a bit. I bought, I bought it. Mm-hmm. So, but not only that, you you like this game a lot. Like you I were love conscri- this game at Arizona Game Fair. You were conscripting everybody. I and played anybody. it like two or three times at Arizona Game Fair, and I went to Arizona Game Fair for one day. <laughs> I so, really liked it. I played at the retreat, and I was like, I got to get my hands on this game. So I started going to BGG and looking for users who had it. And I found one person in Arizona that had it. And I instantly messaged them as well as a few other people. And we're just like, hey, I noticed you have this game. I'm interested. Want to know where you got it, first of all. Because my, my, my assumption was they'd all gotten it from Essen. But I was hoping, please, there's some store somewhere that has, like, a copy. And everyone was like, yes, Essen, Essen, Essen. This one guy's like, well, I like it, the Arizona guy. I like it, but I'm still kind of playing it. I don't really want to, like, offload it yet. So I ran into him, though, at Dice Tower West in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And he's, we kind of have like mutual friends. And he's like, I played it a bunch now. I'll sell it to you. And I'm yeah. like, I'm interested. So, I mean, I paid a premium. Sure. But I played it a bunch since then. Pretty much everyone I've introduced it to, Charlie loves it. Has he t- told you about it yet? I don't think we've talked about he's it. He's really reacted when was well the last to time it. We talked to Charlie. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here. What are you talking about? So, he loved it. I mean, it's, it's gone over really well. It's a very smooth, intuitive, economic. Kind of simulation game. Yeah. But it's abstracted out enough that it doesn't feel spreadsheety. Mm. And it has kind of an area control element, especially in the later rounds. So it's very smooth early on as you kind of learn the mechanics. And then it gets kind of cutthroat as you get into each other's faces and try to steal, like, each other's market. So so give us the rundown of, okay. of a game of smart, Smartphone Inc. Uh, like I said, it's it starts out, you're in one market. You know, you all have, like, your sort of set spot, depending on what color you play. And the first couple, it's five rounds only, and each round has, like, eight steps. And early on, you are just building your phones, you're, you're um, innovating, you know, coming up with new technology, sort of mastering different things like, oh, we have the best 4G or whatever. And you're, but you're slowly spreading into other markets as well because you have to spread in order to sort of meet the demand. 
And so as you spread in later rounds into other markets, you're getting in each other's faces. And a big part of it is pricing your phone. And so if you price your phones low, you get to sell first, which thematically makes sense, right? If you're in a market and there's two you know, phone stores, you go, oh, this one's selling the phone cheaper. I'll if go there's here. two chain stores and one of them offers food and drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go here and buy the cheap phones first. You know? So it's, it's, that, it's just a very simple, smooth economic game. Uh, it's one to five players. It has I haven't played with it, but there's like a NPC kind of variant that you can use if you play at lower player counts. Uh, the board scales um, depending on player count as well, so it always feels kind of tight. Um, but it's it's this, this game I can teach you very quickly. Every mechanic makes sense, um, but there's plenty of choice and depth and and thought in, of play. I'm a huge fan. I really like these kind of games, but I kind of grew up playing these kinds of games like Acquire and Executive Decision and Stocks and Bonds, like those old 3M games by like Sid Saxon and stuff. And so it's really kind of right up my alley. I'm intrigued. The other thing that's cool about it is it has this simultaneous opening round uh, every, 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 every of the five rounds where you have these like paddles. They're basically like two by three grids mm. and they're all your actions and they're double-sided. And you have to kind of stack them on top of each other and you have to cover certain, you know, squares and then you all reveal simultaneously and you sort of reveal your business plan for that round. Like, oh, I'm going to raise prices or I'm going to expand into new markets or whatever. And that part's really fun to kind of just figure out that little puzzle at the beginning of each round as well. And it's something I haven't really seen in other games. So that portion of uh, of the action selection, I suppose, yeah. is where you're... On the tiles, you have, like, little icons for apps, and the apps are what you can do during your turn. Yeah, they're, right? they're basically, yeah, they're different, act- they're different actions you can take. Depending on how many are showing when you reveal is how many actions you can Whether it's expanding new markets, it's innovating, it's, it's creating product, whatever it might be. I'm really curious about this one. <laughs> well, it's, it's an interesting You have thing. to like this kind of game, but I, 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 like I said, it's gone over really well with the people. It's, it's heavy enough... That it feels like you've you know your your smart choices and decision making are going to pay off, but it's not so heavy that you're like, oh my god, work again. You're not quitting it halfway through in the back patio, you know, food chain magnet style. You know, <laughs> like you're going to finish this game. You know, <clears throat> I'm I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, it's I solid. Would play. It's solid. Best at higher player counts, in my opinion. Although I haven't really played it at the lower counts with the, I've had good luck with people. It does have an dig in this one. It does have an AI mode as well. Yeah, that's that that sort of NPC variant I was talking. About. Yeah, uh, it's they a, call it Steve. they call it Steve. Yes, and he has little glasses. Yeah. I, I haven't really looked into how that works. I don't. I can't imagine it's as good as just like a full complement of players. Oh sure. So that's what I always show to sh- sort of shoot for. But uh, that's something I I've, now that it's on Kickstarter, I kind of want to explore that because I've had people because they know I love the game have been hitting me up on like Twitter and stuff going, "Well, is this good at two? And I'm like, "Actually, I don't know. I've never kind of ventured down that part of it. I'm curious the the production quality uh, for the Kickstarter version. I don't know if it's like this for the version. This, it exactly looks pretty message. much exactly the same with the double layer board. Double layer board, cool like translucent plastic pieces. It's very kind of minimalist style. It kind of has almost an Apple feel to it. Oh, you know it's what I mean? definitely drawing off of. Off yeah, of it's the, very streamlined and kind of a simple elegance look to it. It's not flashy, um, but it's very functional and it's. I, I kind of like the aesthetic. I'm curious. Box art is kind of atrocious. Though. The guy with the with the beard on the cover. <laughs> That's the designer. Is that I, Ivan Lashin? Yeah. So the the I dude think, on the cover really? is now, the designer. Now, to be fair, yeah. I don't know how you make a cover that says this is a game about selling smartphones. 
But that cover doesn't say that. <laughs> well, the funny thing is he's holding a tablet. <laughs> like, is. why isn't he looking at a smartphone? For I, don't, goodness sake? I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was a clipboard. A lot of, I think it's a tablet. It's a lo- definitely an iPad. A lot of people have, have, have joked, you know, kind of laughed at the cover. and made- I don't think it's selling. I don't think the cover is moving copies. No. <laughs> but, which is. But people playing it are digging it. Obviously, it's getting buzzed because it's a very small print run at Essen that's resulted in whatever number you just said, you know, 2,000 people back in this thing. I mean, cover does matter. I mean, I mean, everything it matters, matters these days. It matters days. a little bit less in the, the Kickstarter era because people who are going to buy your game probably bought it in Kickstarter anyway. So the, the shelf presence is less important. Well, because they can just but, scroll down and they can see what it is. It doesn't. Yeah, they're not judging it just off a of cover. But like, if if Kickstarter wasn't a thing, I just saw that in a store. I'd probably just pass it by. I might too. Honestly, I'd be like, okay, cool. I get to. What am, what am I doing here? I'm making a phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not the the cover's not necessarily compelling. But like you said earlier, there's so many content creators, there's so many reviewers, there's so many YouTube channels and podcasts and whatever. Every buyer can be very easily informed. Yes. And so if you want to know what this game's about, you're not buying it off. Even in the store, you could jump on BGG and say, oh, what's it rated? What are people, you know? Yeah. You can research things kind of instantly. These. Days. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I'll play like with you guys idea. sometime. We'll have to do a I'm, game night. I'm, I'm, we have not had a game I, night. I know. So I'm, we, I host big game nights. My wife and I host pretty big it game It used nights. to be once a month, it but now it seems to be like once a year. <laughs> well, we just stopped inviting you. No, I'm just kidding. We, <laughs> no, we, uh, we, we did do them almost monthly, but it got life got busy, you know, and adulting and all those dumb excuses. So, yeah. Uh, even the podcast, our podcast was like on hiatus for like a month because we're just like, ah. Yeah, that was just recently, wasn't too it? Too much life. Yeah, it was like May, you know. We were just like, okay, Stephanie, my wife is a school teacher. She was teaching AP bio for the first prepping them for the test and i was like slammed at work and we were just like sorry guys we're gonna take a little break <laughs> but yeah we haven't hosted a big game night in a while but yeah we'll have to show that one to you next i think you'll be able to finish it it's not going to food chain magnate you food chain magnate is a good game you it, keep telling me this but and it's i punishing, want you to spend like it's punishing. 30 minutes set it up <laughs> yeah this was a fast setup i can teach set it up quickly for, hold on. wait sh- hold on <laughs> food chain magnate does not t- take 30 minutes to set up okay i walked in the store watching you set up I wandered around, <laughs> talked to the people, and I left, and you were still setting it up. For the f- first game of a... Of a no, no, I can first... confirm. Sam went to the movies. Yep. He <laughs> yeah, did his was... taxes. He got yeah. his car washed. He rotated the tires. He came back. You were still setting up, dude. Yeah. Now, granted, you probably need a bigger table, so you're kind of struggling there. We were on like a three foot by three. You were bouncing we were half the board space. on one arm as you set up with the other. <laughs> anyway. How big is... Cell phone hero or whatever it's called. <laughs> oh my gosh! Is it too late for them to change the name to cell, cell phone, phone hero? Because like I'm, I'm sending them a tweet right now. I like it. Um, it's a it's a good size board. It's a nice big oh jeez, like six segment board. It's a big board. It's like nice. standard kitchen table would be enough. Or yeah, bigger. yeah, yeah. Okay. You can play this on any sort of average game. It's not, I don't know six fold. That's if it's a six fold board. That's the size of the Game of Thrones second edition. I that could be wrong. I'm mean, scroll, scroll around. You tell me. I, I, don't, uh, I don't remember. Uh, I have a big table. I don't think about I that do, stuff. I do have the laptop. <laughs> you yeah, have the laptop. <laughs> that's definitely a, a consideration. There's a lot of games that I like. That we have a, a fold out six by four at our apartment because we play that's, miniatures games that's too. Big for most. So like it's fold out. So like we have room for that. And there's 
getting to be an annoying amount of games where like we're just gonna get that table out because yeah. we don't have room on our kitchen table. Well, they got those table toppers now. That's still on Kickstarter. Ultimate Gaming Toppers. Uh, they have a new Kickstarter like every other month. You're talking about the Berkey, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, those uh, game toppers. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty cool, actually. I, yeah. I'm not in the market for one, but it does sort of expand your real Isn't estate your a little bit. Like twenty by thirty or something. <laughs> no, but like it's probably like <laughs> seven by four. I mean, it's big enough that we can fit any. I'm not like I'm not a big um, I'm not a big uh, I don't really buy a lot of like. You know, dice and dice towers and what do they, what do they call it? What's the general term? You know what I mean? Like extras. Accessories? Accessories. I'm just focused. I'm sorry. My brain's broken, apparently. It's Friday. It's been a long week. <laughs> I was going to go for tat. Accessories. Tat? I'm not a big yeah. accessory buyer. Tat. Unnecessary trash. I yeah. watch a lot of British reviewers. Is <laughs> there a little tat? They um, just call it tat? Yeah. I like that word. I'm hmm. going to use that now. Charlie Is Charlie the tat of this show? <laughs> no, Charlie is a mandatory tat. Charlie is if the, anything. Charlie's if anything, the charming. I'm a tat. Charlie's the charming one. Char- Charlie is like, the, yeah. So tat's like like dollar store shit. Yeah. So like kitschy stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I'm not. So big, I'm not big into all that kind of extra stuff. <laughs> I just want to spend money on the games. You speaking, know. Speaking. Speaking. I never bought a so fancy speaking cable of dice towers, or anything. Yeah. Do dice cups annoy you guys as much as they piss me off? I don't. I don't. Often I cannot use them. stand. People shaking dice in. Unless dice I'm cup. playing like Perudo or AKA Liar's Dice or something mm-hmm. where that's like part of the mechanic is like hiding your dice with your Okay, cup. what about the dice cups in Roll for the Galaxy? Like I don't use them in Stone Age. I don't use the yeah. dice cup. In you Stone don't Age. use the smelly cup? I do not use the smelly, the smelly cup. cup. The smelly cup? Smelly cup. It smells real bad. I know so, it does. So Stone Age has a leather cup in it. <laughs> and whatever finishing uh, yeah. product they use to seal the leather smells Awful. So it's a Stone Age game. It's about being a Neanderthal. Maybe they use like a lacquer or something to like kill brain cells. So you'd be more <laughs> Neanderthal-ish when you played. I don't know. I well, got you it. See, so you know how nowadays you have the jizz sock. I'm sorry. The what? I'm sorry. Come again. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> you have the jizz sock. Who has it's the, the jizz sock? Cup. It's the Stone Age equivalent. The smelly what cup. the fuck are you talking about the jizz sock? I got to go, guys. <laughs> Do you just, you're an adult. And you I still- was questioning why your cup was so smelly. That's all I could decide it, to explain it, the it, lacquer. It, which is, you know, still probably the same thing. I hesitate to use this word, but it comes that way. Yeah. It's true. We had to, hey, yeah. listen, we had to earn our, our advisory warning. Yeah, point. you do. I've noticed. Like, you every time really I listen, I expect you guys it. to, like, be just going off on some, like, bukkake, like, I like, feel like shag <laughs> or something, because the warning is so intense. It's like, you will be offended. I'm we like, were, I feel like that after we got the warning, we got nicer. Yeah, it's not that offensive. We started off real bad. Yeah. Okay. We started off like well, real bad. Well, I listened bad. to some of the early sh- Maybe it was in the middle somewhere where I missed a few episodes because I don't ever remember it being like horribly offensive. We, in our first episode, it might have been the first or the second, but we dropped a real hard, hard <laughs> curse. <laughs> and what curse was that? I mean, you got to uh, earn your warning here, it Spindler. Was, <laughs> it was a word that I do not use He's blushing. He's blushing, folks. I kind of. <laughs> he's super pale. He's like anything makes him blush. Anything like one shade above egg white <laughs> is a blush <laughs> from Spindler. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> where do we go from here? I want to talk about something that is not a board game per se, but it's board game adjacent. You had mentioned the game toppers. 
uh, to make your play spaces bigger. Sam, you guys have a fold-out version of that. It's like an acrylic layover. So just real quick before the end of the show, I had the opportunity to assemble a table of Ultimate Gaming. Uh, for those are those of you, super fancy ones? No, they're not the super fancy one. They are the, oh. they are the economical IKEA flat pack style, um, where you purchase them, they come in three separate boxes, and you have to assemble it IKEA style. Ew. Correct. Okay. Uh, so this table has more pieces than I have seen in anything ever, even more than some like of the high end like Death Star Lego kits, like the Star Destroyer <laughs> and stuff. And it was the Death Star Lego kits, like the Star Destroyer. And I said, and did I not say and? I don't know. Let's rewind the tape. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just want to comment on this here because we, we, I spent quite some time with it over the course of two freaking days assembling this thing. And it was just an infuriating experience. (laughs) So you know how the whole adage of like Ikea is like, Oh, it's it's just instructions (laughs) everywhere. It's just, it's just a pain in the ass to assemble. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, they those got tiny little Allen wrenches. Little tiny Allen wrenches. Yeah. You got a whole bunch of like lock bolts that you got to feed in, and then you got a plug, and then you got what dowels and shit. He's doing everything with the. He's doing hand motions for everything. And you realize that like love it. since it was laying down when you screw it together, now your carpet's it's embedded backwards. in the joint. <laughs> or even like you put together something backwards or upside down because the instructions are are terrible. Because it's so subtly different that you can't tell till the drawer doesn't go in. Well, if if yeah. all of that sounds like a fantastic night, have I got the table for you? <laughs> oh shit! This thing. Okay, so I will say. Fully assembled, it's fine. Just fine. Okay. However, the uh, actual act of the assembly, it, it takes far too long. We spent literally two days. We were supposed to have this built for somebody's birthday. We got it done after his birthday party. Like, that's how intense he, this he assembly was. He passed away. <laughs> uh, yeah, we put him in the ground. We threw some dirt on you him. You buried and him in the table. <laughs> The ashes were underneath the like cover. <laughs> uh, it's it's just a pain in the butt to assemble. Now I will say that what a ringing endorsement. Now here I will say yes. they Fruit do by have ash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chainsaw hand approved. Um, no, I will say, say if you approved, could... I said, okay, fine. You know, I like yours better. There you we're go. Rolling with it. Uh, I will say there are quite a few good things about this table, though. Um, they do have a very interesting, customizable um, system. Where they have panels that are magnetized that go on like the legs, the center, split, uh, and a few of the pieces that you can kind of swap in and out different designs. They have licenses for um, uh, Warhammer, uh, all the GW properties, uh, fan, uh, 40K. Oh, those and, tables. Yes. Those are ugly. They are, I don't know, it's an Ikea table. Ugly. Is this on Kickstarter right now? Why are no, we, no, why no. Are we talking I, about th- so we're talking about this just because a lot of people. One and he was sad. <laughs> He has yeah. to tell us his sad story. Yeah, a lot of people are looking at these tables, and I had the chance to spend time with them. Not, not sponsored at all, of course not. Um, what do they run? They're not cheap. Here's the thing. Yeah, what do they run for two hours of torture? Like or two 20, days of torture? $2,500? I mean. Yeah, go for those uh, Game Topper guy, Berkey's yeah. tables. Or even more they're so. They're like 500 bucks, and they're pretty good. Yeah. Uniquely Geek, they're a local company I here. Mine's like 300 yeah. and it folds down to... Um, Pocket size? I wish. No, it folds down to, because it folds into four chunks, so it'd be like a foot and a half by four. Oh. Folds four. Yeah. Math, yeah, math six foot folds four times. I don't know. Whatever that division is. Carry the one. Yeah. But it's nice. Like 300. It's MDF and acrylic, but. I would recommend that somebody go with a uh, different company if they're looking at a 
board game table of like the $2,500 range. Uniquely Geek is a company that's here local uh, in Arizona, and they do full customization. Like you, they just don't have kits that you can customize the look of. They have full customizable options, dimensions, depth of your well, uh, wood type, cut type. Like Those ones are sexy. They're, can, can I get one with three legs instead of Yeah. I guarantee you they will be able to work <laughs> with you on that for sure. Anyway, I just spent some time with it, and I figured you guys would all want to know for some reason. Well, I'm sorry you went through that, buddy. <laughs> it was terrible. Sorry you went through that. Anyway. That's it. That's all we got for today. <laughs> like, that... Yeah. I mean, we played. So we had a game night to prep for this, and Andrew only had me play trash. We played duck game. That was great. We did duck. play duck game. Okay, yeah. so game night. Duck game. Before we wrap up, we played a video game called Duck Game, which was produced. You're ducks with guns. It's great. It's fantastic. Glorious. Uh, we played... Um, Wait, is it like backwards, like Duck Hunter, where like you're the duck with the gun shooting? No, no, back? no, no. no. Uh, it's like a, t- it's a two D uh, one shot, one kill, like um, oh. platformer shooter thing. Okay. I guess. How yeah. would you describe it? Okay, think like it's a party um, game. Think like ostrich, such your ducks with guns instead of knights on ostriches. You mean uh, joust? Joust. Yes, I knew what he meant. Whatever, ostrich joust. <laughs> whatever. We know what he. Do you know meant. when the last time that we played that was? I Joust? Don't. Probably yeah. the 90s. Yeah, Maybe the is, 80s. Joust is an incredible game. It is. You guys are not playing it's that great. every weekend. You're playing I, that every weekend, Spencer? Probably. When you're done setting life. up your table. <laughs> <laughs> I need a break. Yeah, Bring so yeah, out we played, ostrich, honey. We played Duck Game. <laughs> and then we played... Mint Delivery. Which isn't a game. Which is a pickup and deliver game in a oh. double-stacked mint tin. We played the robot game. Uh, we played a game from Looney Labs called Are You a Robot? Also which, not a game. W- but that one was sponsored. Which, for that, we just have to say, go play Win, Loser, Banana. Okay, cool. That's it. And then we yeah. also played a game where we had Intergalactic. Red 7. We played Red 7. Red 7's was, good. It was okay. I, like I would Red play 7. that again. Red 7's It's solid. better on the app, personally. Oh, I haven't played the app. And then we played Consentical. Consentical. We made oh, sweet. you guys played that game? We made sweet, sweet alien. Now you're human. earning that warning up front. Galactic I mean, intercourse. There's really no reason to talk about it because I do the game to... itself is weak. Is it a game? Is it mechanically anything yes. interesting? It is mechanically a game. You can't play with perfect knowledge. You need to go to. Is it like cooperative where you're yes. trying to work together? You're to... trying to. To have both... consensual. You're yeah, trying to both be satisfied. And sexually. arguably be better at than your partner. Do you feel like you learned Arguably. anything, Spindler? I actually wanted... I learned what makes him uncomfortable, which is nice. <laughs> I didn't know anything made him uncomfortable. Eh. I actually do want to do a quick dive, or a dive into Consentacle at a later time, but we have to wrap up for t- <laughs> like those tentacles. Hey, we have to wrap up here for today. Thank you, everybody, for it was just starting to get good. I know. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the Game State. Uh, Greg, hey, thanks for showing up. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Check out Hooked on Geek, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Every uh, new episode every Monday. Of course. Bye, everybody. Fireball, the son of a bitch.